Welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Barada. And, and joining me is no one today. This is a solo ride. And we're going, I, will, I, I guess I will break down the Open, uh, the Open Championship, which will be at Royal St. George in um, Sandwich. I think that's what the town is actually called, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, look, very much looking forward to it. Um, Coming in, just simply coming into the tournament, John Rahm is it's the guy to beat. He is the clear favorite and is, I would argue, the unquestioned best player in the world right now. Um, he's really just done it all. British Open has been here before. Last time was in 2009, won by Darren Clark. Notably, Dustin Johnson came in second. I'm going to, in this podcast, I'm just going to try and break down the course a little bit, give some matchups that I like. And- then I will give uh, you guys all the outrights that I have bet at the end. I, I actually haven't placed an outright bet this week yet. Um, I will tweet out just my kind of my final betting card. Um, hit the haven't been tweeting a whole lot, but did it. Shout out Donnarumma, goalkeeper for Italy. If anyone I know, my brother bet happened to bet it too, but that was that was a big hit at uh, sixty to one. So that was a good one um without further ado let's just get on into it uh, but before i do if you haven't already go download the betsperts app um follow our page at the sharp side pod just like our twitter hopefully you're following following us there too um it's almost football season i and that that is where the hay is made and i mean at the same time college basketball will kind of be starting up too in a few months very exciting times. Um, I will be getting on, hopefully I'll be able to get James and Austin to do it for some like maybe divisional or conference previews. And then for college, um, I'm going to try and hit some conference previews, at least for the power fives. Um, and maybe I'll just do like one kind of general non-con or excuse me, um, group of five preview. Um, I mean, like just, just to throw a quick win total bet out there. I love the, uh, the Kent State over, but I, I don't know how badly people want to listen to me talk about quarterback Dustin Crum of the great, was as the, the Kent State Golden Eagles or something like that. Anyways, to golf, this is a golf podcast, podcast after all. Royal St. George. Um, weather will be a big topic, just kind of like how it was at Kiowa. Um, it is, I think it'll be the main factor in how the course plays. Um, obviously the golf course itself is, it's going to, it's going to play difficult. Um, not because like us open style, I mean, there will be rough, there will be fescue, excuse me. The undulation on this course is wild. So these greens are super hilly. And of course it's link style golf. So very big greens. Um, but the fairways are incredibly undulated too. So you could hit a perfect drive down the middle and it could just roll out uh, into the rough just because of like all of these different valleys um, that exist in the fairway. I'm sure there'll be people who miss the cut and they won't have an even lie all tournament. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. It'll, it'll be unlucky, but so I did not prioritize in my in the model I made. I did not really prioritize strokes gained off the tee that much. Um, it still did factor in, but um, I was more concerned with short game, or excuse me, short game in difficult conditions and approach and approach in difficult conditions. 
weather is going to be generally unpredictable. It's kind of like in terms of wind, it's kind of been changing all week. Um, it's, it's going to, I mean, for, I guess that area, it's going to be kind of warm. It said 71 degrees. Um, but the wind, I like a couple days ago, I saw wind forecast as mild as five miles an hour. And I've seen a day, I think I saw like, I think like a day ago, it was supposed to be 20 mile an hour winds on Saturday. Now it's kind of evened out a bit. It's generally 13 to 17 mile an hour winds throughout the tournament. Um, but that is just something to keep an eye on, especially in terms of like live betting opportunities. Um, another important live betting opportunity thing is that the front nine, very scorable and everyone will be starting from hole one. So it'll be kind of easy to keep track of. But once you get to the back nine, holes get very, very difficult and you're just going to try and hang on to your birdies. So, um, for example, I would argue one of the easier par fives and maybe that will be played all year long will be on the front nine, but on the back nine, there is a, an absolute beast of a par five that will absolutely play over par in this tournament. And if the wind is in your face, it's going to be even more difficult, which is just, I mean, and that could very well happen. Now, if the wind is at the back, it, uh, it will be easier to go for the green, but um, in general, it's like, it's just like the green undulations are insane and actually leaving yourself a birdie attempt would be very impressive. Um, to go back to the, the last tournament, just some stats from that tournament. Fairway percentage was 47.5%. So there, like I said, I mean, you can hit the fairway, but it could take a bad bounce and just roll into the rough. That will happen. Green's, green and regulation percentage was 55%. And the up and downs for people who did miss um, greens and regulation was only 49%, which is well below, which is pretty well below average. Bunkers around the green are going to be very difficult. I did wait um, scrambling, uh, uh, successful scramblings gained um, in my bottle this week. And I think you will see that Oh, I mean, here's, here's a spoiler. I have bet, I bet Patrick Cantley, he's number one in my model. Um, and he, he fits this golf course because of how complete a player he is. I mean, his short game is fantastic and he's very good around the green. So obviously he's going to play well here. Um, well, I hope he's going to play well here. Um, I also, one thing I did try and wait, although it's kind of hard to wait in a model is, links experience and kind of open championship experience one thing that's interesting to note is that the open championship has like a lot of their winners are guys who are like years into their career so while you have outliers like jordan spieth who won really early um there are guys like phil mickelson won here when i think when he was 41 darren clark won here he was he was really old now darren clark is an outlier on the other end it was his 20th time playing in the open championship. But um, I, that is kind of something to be aware of. You, you want people who can navigate their way around Link's course. And that's really important. So I've kind of looked at fading guys like Will Zalatoris, for example, or um, I did bet on Colin Morikawa, but it's going to be his second time ever playing on a Link's course or a 
I mean, I guess a, an open style links course in his entire life. I don't know if he played at like the National Links Course of America or whatever it's called in New York. But um, so that, I mean, that is something to keep an eye on. Now, I will get to why I bet Colin much uh, later in the podcast, but iron, iron ability is going to be very important here because you're not going to just be smashing driver off the tee. Um, you're going to need to get yourself in a good spot so you can attack a green and someone like Colin Morikawa, especially if there is not a lot of wind and the conditions are playing pretty soft, he could absolutely dominate here uh, just because he'll be able to dot his ball next to pins. And it's when he's doing that, he's very tough to beat. Um, Just uh, just a little thing I, I kind of, is, I mean, this has nothing to do with betting, but one thing I found kind of funny was like the British, the Irish, the Scottish, whoever are like designing these courses, they love to give r completely random and I mean, I'll call them irrelevant. Maybe they're not to other people, but other parts of like golf holes, they give them nicknames. Like there's one, uh, it's just a really like small flat fair, fairway strip of land on I forget which part four. I think it might have been the fifth, but it's just called Campbell's Table. And there, I swear I saw a nickname like that on every single hole. Um, on I was watching a little golf channel earlier, and just they were giving little fun facts about um, each hole. <clears throat> Going to the top of the board, I did touch on John Rahm a little bit. Would I be surprised if he won? No. I think that, I mean, I said it, I said it. He is the definite best player in the world. I'm seeing a plus 850 on bet online right now. That's the highest I've actually seen in the past couple of weeks since he won the U.S. Open. And that it's tough betting a number like that because it shrinks your card a lot more. And I've already kind of, I wouldn't say I've overextended myself on pre-tournament futures, but I don't have much room left if in order if like I want to make this profitable. So it's not something I, I really want to look at now. However, if these wind conditions are insane and he maybe struggles on the first day, I'm definitely going to be looking at a live John Rahm number, especially um, if conditions open up on a Sunday where we've all seen him make a very late Sunday charge. I mean, he, he was the clubhouse leader for three quarter, three quarters, four fifths of the day on the masters after he shot a 65 out of guest or it was a 64, something, something crazy out of guest he certainly has the talent to do that. He probably should have won the U S open by five, six strokes. He putted so poorly that weekend and he is generally not that bad of a putter. He is eighth in my model. So I guess not super high, but which I guess, that in itself is a compliment to him. I do think that his short game is good enough to where he won't get himself into a lot of trouble around uh, these difficult greens. And I think he's, I mean, of course he's, he deserves to win. He's very locked to win this tournament. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Xander. I think, I think I'm finally, they're finally getting, well, not Brooks. Brooks, Brooks deserves to be in the 15 to 20 range for every week, for sure. He's 17 right now. Tons of win equity, good, good um, past experience at uh, the Open Championship. And of course, he's had a phenomenal year doing very well in all of the majors. 
short game is very good. He's phenomenal out of bunkers. And I do think he's a good putter. Um, there's really no negative about his game, especially since, since it's a major. Uh, seven, 17 to one. I mean, his floor is so high. I might, I may look at him in matchups. I haven't really thought too much about him yet, which is strange, but he was 12th in my model. Um, I, there is a lot to like there. Xander was second in my model. I can't, I can't bet him to win at 18 to one. He will be up there. Uh, 18 to one is a lot better than 12 to one. I will say um, another guy with incredible past open experience. I think that I will absolutely not be fading him. I may even look to back him in matchups, depending on who I can get him against. It's just such a complete game, phenomenal short game. He is, I think he's uh, quitting the arm lock exper experiment putting. I don't know why he was doing that in the first place. He was already such a great putter. I think it's good that he's um, going back to his regular putting stroke. And I think that uh, we might be able to see benefits of that on lag putting this week, which um, with longer greens, that is gonna be more important. And of course he, he's uh, good around the greens as well. Uh, Rory, J, JT um, and Jordan Spieth and wow, Dustin Johnson, 22 to one. That, that I think I will be adding, but I'll look at him in a second. Rory, great open experience. He is kind of low in my model, 27th. I can't fade him though, just because of how well he does in um, open championships. I mean, he, he, he has won one before. It's just, I, he hasn't had a great year scrambling. So that's just something I'm going to choose to uh, ignore. That's just kind of pre a preferential thing. Um, Jordan Spieth, he could, is very live to win this week. I have not bet him. He's third in my model. Short game is incredible, of course. I mean, we know him. He does so well with uneven lies. I, I mean, he can cut it. He, he can cut it. I don't know how he does it. He's probably the luckiest man on the face of the planet with what he tries to do and what he gets away with. But it just continues to happen and continues to happen. And he really has cut down on the very big numbers this year. I, with what he's able to do around the greens... I think that it's going to provide an even higher floor for him. It, and it, I mean, of course, his irons are elite. And their irons are even better in windy conditions. Um, and because off the tee does not matter as much this week, even if he's missing fairways here and there, I think that's going to be pretty general compared to the field. Um, I think he's going to do very well this week. And just to add... Since his win at the Valero, it may seem like he's had um, maybe poor results isn't not the quite uh, quite the right word, but results that are not as good as you uh, as people may have expected from him. And he's actually been positive strokes gained off the tee, on approach, and around the green in every event so far. His I mean, his place on the leaderboard has really just depended on whether or not the putter is hot this week. We've seen it get hot at, at this tournament before. I think he could certainly win another one here. Um, and that brings us to Dustin Johnson. I guess I skip over JT a little bit. JT had a good showing last week, seventh or sixth in my model. I mean, he's a decent enough around the greens. He's just, 
I can't trust the putter yet. It's looked like it's gotten a little bit better. And of course the ball striking is elite, elite, elite as always. And he's a fantastic scrambler, but the putty makes it tough. However, at 20 to one, I, I have seen numbers a bit higher this week. He has gotten bet down a bit, but that is something to look at. I'm not betting him to win this week, but he does. Ha- I, I think he has a very high floor this week. I just don't think that there are, will be matchups good enough. Um, or excuse me, matchups where maybe if I can find one against Bryson, which I imagine I'll be able to, but I don't know if the, like the numbers will be right for me to uh, fade Bryson there with Justin Thomas. Now, Dustin Johnson, seventh in my model, disappointing year. Disappointing year, meaning he's still finishing in the top 25s in pretty much every tournament. He had a pretty horrific cut, like specifically two holes at the U.S. Open. Otherwise, he would have finished in the top 10, I imagine. I don't really know what's happened since last year's Masters, but it's he's the number one ranked golfer in the world. He's 22 to 1, which is insane. And the irons are great. I mean, he's finished second at this course in uh, 12 years ago when they played here. And I mean, he's going to bomb it. We know he's great. I, I did already say this, but he, I mean, like he is, he is one of the best short game players. Um, it's kind of funny. Like I've been watching these like tailor made short game videos that he's been in and hearing his process behind these chips, it, like chips out of bunkers and like plugged lies and all this. Um, It gives you an insight into how he kind of navigates a golf course. And I do, I think it's very interesting and a very underrated part of his game, just because he just seems like the big guy who hits the ball really hard, but it's, he has a very cerebral part to him that, and I mean, you got to be kind of cerebral to win at Augusta. Um, and I mean, that's a guy who's done it. I think that Dustin Johnson is very live here. I'm at, as of this time, I'm not adding a 22 to one, but that is something I will keep my eye, eye on if it climbs any higher. And finally, I'm going to skip some of the rest of the people around here. But I do want to talk about Bryson because he fired his caddy since we last recorded a pod. Um, obviously not much has come out about it. A new caddy with someone like him whose process is everything. And this course, you need a good process because you need to be able to navigate your way around it. Bryson will be probably the only person who can drive a couple of these par fours, especially if the wind is at his back. Um, but those being too aggressive with that could get him into a lot of trouble because of the way these greens are set up and some of the lies you will get around the green and just with some, how, how these pop bunkers are placed around, um, around the golf course, he could get absolutely screwed if he doesn't kind of plot his way carefully. Now, I don't think it's a stretch to call him one of like, if not the smartest golfer around. I I think that he's much, I think he's, I'm not going to say much more, but I think he's a little bit more of a golf artist than people give him credit, uh, credit for. 
And I do think he is smart enough to, re- to know that he's not just going to be able to hit a driver really far sideways and then be able to get up and down because of j- it's the reason why a golf course is tough is simply just because of like thin fairways and really thick rough. I think that he knows what he has to do and he's going to, well, whether he does try and overpower this course could be a little bit interesting. And with a guy like him, I don't know if I don't know if his wedges are good enough to kind of get the up and downs that he needs. Not that his wedges are, I mean, like very poor by any means, but I have seen him. And this might be a bit anecdotal, which take it as you will. But I feel like I've seen him just kind of like miss a lot with his wedges, whether it's just because like, it's too close. I feel like that's not quite fair. But um, if you miss on these greens, especially if you've already missed the green in general, you could get in a lot of trouble. And I, we have seen Bryson put up big numbers, and I think there's a possibility he does it here. Um, which I guess I'll just segue that into – actually, before I get into my matchups, uh, just a quick little word from Anchor. And I'll be right back. All right. Thanks to Anchor again for being a great platform. If you are thinking about doing any kind of podcast, please make sure you use anchor.fm. Matchups. I, before I get into it, um, I will probably either do another pod that will break down like top fives, top tens, top twenties, and like sleepers or like overall buyer fades. Um, either tomorrow or the day after. And it will either be another pod or maybe a live stream. I've got a, like a Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch set up. I kind of want to test it a bit. I feel like it would just be a good little trial trial run. Um, so stay tuned for that. But matchups. Um, to start, I, I think this will be a little unpopular, but I will be fading – Robert McIntyre with Brandon Grace this week. Austin and I were on Brandon Grace at, I think, at the PGA and the U.S. Open. Um, came in 10th at the U.S. Open. Or maybe it was 7th. I forget. But um, all this year, it's been very good form. Um, he has He's using this experimental driver that has added like 20 yards to his driver somehow, which I don't know how long it's going to be legal, but it is right now. So no complaints. But he is not the greatest putter, but he is very good around the greens, and he's a great, great scrambler. And, oh, I mean, overall, it's just a very solid, complete um, player. He was only 44th in my model, but when I kind of explain why my I have worries with uh, Big Bobby Mack, I am going to be um, – it does make me like Brandon Grace here a lot more. I mean, South African guy who, and he are, does play a lot of Euro Tour events, so he has a bunch of links experience. Um, I think that he has a very high floor here, and um, so that's why I'm in on the buy of Brandon Grace. Why am I fading Robert McIntyre? 127th in my model. Um, his short game is just not... It's... It's not that he's horrible around the greens, but he is, he's been a bad, bad putter and he has been even worse off the tee. Now I said, I wasn't going to weigh off the tee that much, but the more poor lies he gets, it's just not going to help. 
Um, and then on approach, he has been horrendous, especially uh, at like at majors. It's he's been making cuts, but he's been doing nothing with it. It's been like a 50th place or 39th place and uh, things like that. Um, I think he is in danger of making the cut here. I would be unloading on this bet if he didn't have like the valuable links experience and Euro tour experience that I'm kind of valuing here. He's got like the Scotland player over value that makes the, uh, the price where he shouldn't be matched up with Brandon Grace. He should be matched up with someone worse, I think. And I think if there, this wasn't a links course and this was kind of like a similar style to, and it was just a random PGA tournament, I think I would bet him to miss the cut. His putty is just very bad. Like, I don't know if he's going to score enough on the front nine or save enough on the back nine to kind of hang in there around there. And if he does, I think he barely makes the cut. This could make me look very silly. However, I mean, a Scottish player at a British open, it's just the recipe kind of seems correct. Like, you know, it seems like the two go hand in hand. However, I am fading Robert McIntyre. Uh, next one. Guido Migliozzi over Eric Van Royen. This is just simply a, a play where I'm backing my model. 18, uh, Guido ranks 18th, EVR at 87th. Guido is a complete player, uh, good, uh, good scrambling. Um, and EVR is just kind of like below average across the board. And he's very bad at scrambling. EVR, is he's a bomber who is okay on approach. He's decent. Um, both have, or of course, both have Lynx experience just due to the fact that they're both Euro players and they play a lot of these Euro events. EVR is a little bit of like a OWGR manipulator to the point so that he gets into all these events. But um, it was not much to it there. I just value uh, Migliosi far more than EVR. Kevin Streelman over Billy Horschel. For starters, Strelman has been in pretty solid form lately. Um, I think that short game is good enough and approach has been very good. He does well in windy conditions, but this is mainly just a fade on Billy Horschel. He has been so bad on approach and even worse in the wind. And that's just, I want nothing to do with this guy in the open and on top of that, he is horrible, horrible in uh, the Open Championship. Since 2013, he has played this event, let's see, uh, seven times. And he has, made, he has made the cut once. So he is one for seven in terms of made cuts. I am going to look for a missed the cut bet on him if I can get anything on select. Poor radio here, but we're just going to see this. Oh, it's not offered right now that I can quickly find. But he's also a bad scrambler, too, on top of that, which is going to be important this week. Fade Billy Horschel in every way you can. That is what I'm going to be doing. I I wish I could find a guy I liked more than Streelman, but uh, it's just in prep for the pod. Streelman was the really like the guy I found on a, a couple different books. So, um, we're taking Shrewman over Billy Horschel here. And if you can lay the one and a half, just because I think Billy Horschel has, is very likely to miss the cut here. Um, finally, I teased this a little bit before, but 
I am fading Bryson with Patrick Cantley. Cantley, number one in my model, complete player. And then I just think that with the questions surrounding Bryson and how he's going to approach this tournament, I think it raises questions about his floor that drastically lower it. And because of the risks of very high numbers. Um, and I th don't think that we're really going to see that with Cantley. I also, and generally, I mean, with Cantley is not, and this is going to be very anecdotal again, but I've really seen him miss like, just kind of get unlucky with like lip outs and rollouts and putts. And at some point those are going to start to fall. Um, I, I think this could be his time to win here. Now that's not why I'm playing a matchup bet. I just think Cantley's whole, Cantley's floor is absurdly higher. And I laid a stroke and a half and at plus money with Cantley. Um, I, and I also found uh, like a minus, I think one fifteen, which I did like that too. Get into my outrights. Uh, I talked about a few of them. Uh, I have not placed an outright bet so far this week. Uh, I'm going to start with. Uh, I already touched on Patrick Cantley. I have him 45 to one right now. The market generally has him in in the 33, like 30 to 35 range. I I would get in there. He's one. He's won twice this year. One, I wouldn't really count. That's big asterisk just because John Rahm was booted out. However, he did have to win it on Sunday. So there's no questioning his win equity here. Um, I, number, I really, really like Cantley this week. I think he has a very good shot to win. Colin Morikawa, I have a bad number on him. I, I'm kicking myself. I, I saw a 42 about uh, two, three weeks ago that I did not take advantage of. I have him at 30. Um, I did bet that. He is uh, on bet online right now. He's at 33 to one. Shop around. Oh, this is a big shop around week because there are a lot, big, big differences on numbers, especially guys like Bryson. Like Bryson's at 33 on bet online. I have seen him at 16 in other places. So make sure that you're kind of looking around to see where you can get the best value on these numbers. But here's why I like calling this week. If the wind is not, does not make things difficult and it doesn't dry out the greens like they would expect, he could have monster, monster days just because of what he's able to do and how he's able to manipulate his ball. Um, if this turns into a birdie fest, I think guys like Morikawa and Justin Thomas are going to be uh, very, very valuable this week. I think Brooks Kepka also fits into that um, kind of category. Now, Brooks will, he profiles well here if it remains difficult, which is a little bit of a different case. But um, just the thing you have to worry about, Colin, is around the, uh, like scrambling. He's actually not horrible around. I mean, he hasn't been horrible recently around the green, but you do have to worry a little bit about scrambling, which it's why I don't love this bet as much as I did. And he's just a, such a bad putter. It's it's kind of kind of tough to watch. If whenever you bet on Colin Morikawa, you just pray that he does have a good putting week. Which it's not that he never does. Like when he wins, he puts well, of course. And I mean, even when he doesn't putt well, the irons just keep him alive. Um, you just hope he doesn't kill himself with his short game, which is a very real opportunity, especially at this course. Moving on, Patrick Reed. 
I have him at 52 to one. I'd, he, I, he's a guy I've seen in the 30 to 40 range. You want uneven lies. You want difficult around the green shots. You look at two guys, Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed. And Patrick Reed at 52 to one was something I had to, had to, had to, had to bet. Um, I don't really care about his driving. He drives it fine. It's not, I mean, that's not the skill that I'm after. It's, he is so talented uh, around the greens and on the greens. I think he's going to have a serious leg up here. He is just very good in majors all around for a guy who wins tournaments. I think this number is, it's just too high. Um, and even at 33, I, I would bet it just because I think that he profiles so well at this course. In terms of opening experience, he is uh, pretty, con- pretty consistent, only two missed cuts. And other than that, his worst finish is T32. He hasn't really had a breakthrough performance, but he has top 20s, top 12, um, top T13, T19, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, and I mean, it just kind of shows that he does. I mean, these are, oh, excuse me. I was looking at, I mixed up my my uh, columns here. Uh, he has a top 10 finish, which is good. Uh, top 20, top 12, top 28. Two missed cuts out of five tournaments. Um, I think that, I mean, you know, it's Patrick Reed the cheater. Whether he's actually cheating or not, he's going to he's going to succeed with what he does in his short game. So, I and he was ninth in my model. So, model likes him. Paul, and then that moves on moves us on to Paul Casey, uh, the Englishman. He's had a phenomenal, phenomenal year this year. He is striking the ball incredibly well. He does his driver is an asset because of how accurate and I mean he does hit the ball pretty decent uh, decent way, but um, no that's just not going to matter as much. But another guy who does well in difficult conditions, and while he is a pretty horrendous putter, he is very good around the green and a good uh, I'll say a solid scrambler of the golf uh, around the course as well. And I mean an Englishman plays a lot. He's the I think next to Rom, I think he might be the number two ranked Euro Tour player this year. He's in the events he plays in, he's always in a heavy, heavy favorite. I think he's very live to win this week. Um, 17th in my model. Okay, excuse me. I guess he is, he's pretty, he is merely average in terms of scram, scrambling against the field. But um, at 52 to one, that's, number, that's another number that is kind of gone. I don't know if I like it as much at 33. I would, stay away but if you can find something like 40 45 i would get all over that if you can um and finally age and experience is valuable here i had to look at a uh, a couple of older guys here we'll start with martin keimer i bet a 140 to one you can find 150s look around i'm sure you can find a 200 225 something like that if you can just recently eligible to play in this tournament um he's pretty much played the Euro tour events all year long. I mean, he's a major winner. I mean, maybe even two-time major winner. I, I kind of forget, but um, form has been pretty solid lately. Last week was rough. I think, I believe he missed the cut at the Scottish open, but he just, he had one especially very, very good round in Munich a couple weeks ago has been playing. Uh, he's been playing well. He knows how to play open championship golf and how to do it well. 
and he's going to be able to navigate his way around the course. Um, I will say, I, I mean, I, I made this bet three, four weeks ago. I will say he was very low in my model at like 127th. So bet at your own risk. But finally, I'm going to get to. So there was a player who has won an open championship and has won two events this, this season. And he was 400 to one to win this tournament. I, I had to bet that immediately because I, and now I, I see 165s, 150s, 125s, stuff like that. But Stuart Sink was 400 to one to win this tournament. And that was absurd for a guy who's been striking the ball as well as he has, has been, has been, um, playing as well as he has around the greens. He's been done it in so many different ways. He was do, doing putter, putter off the green. He's been chipping well. He's been doing, uh, he's been doing well uh, out of sand. That's a guy that I had. Uh, it's, he, I don't know if he sets up the best for this course, but at, as a long shot, I'm going to be, I'm going to bet him. I don't know if his floor enough is high or his floor is high enough for a top 20. But I think with a guy who has win equity and has experience in open championships and valuable experience, I mean, until Phil won, arguably the most historic old man charge at a major ever was Tom Watson battling Stuart Sink in a playoff to, and then that Stuart Sink ultimately won. And I mean, Tom Watson is the legend of golf. So uh, for Stuart Sink to hold him off and kind of like, be able to play at an elite level like that. And he's been playing at elite level right now. He won at Harper Town. For, um, I think that he has a lot of, a ton of win equity here, especially at 400 to one. Um, excuse the raspy voice, uh, but it was good to fly solo a bit. Hopefully I can get um, Austin on this week. Would love to hear what he thinks of for this tournament, but um Looking forward to some uh, Lynx golf. The Open Championship is always fun. Always def definitely one of the more enjoyable tournaments to watch. Hopefully we get a close one. Uh, before I go, rate, review, and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Sharp Side Podcast. That's all you need to look up. Follow us on Spotify. I, I thought I saw a rumor that you might be able to review there, but I don't think you can do that yet um google play wherever you're listening however you're listening uh just make sure you follow leave leave a review leave a comment if you can follow us hit us in the dms if there's something um basketball baseball i don't know preseason football anything win total future whatever you want um ufc there was a great ufc event apologies that we were not able to cover it um but anything dm us tweet at us Someone will always be available to um, reply back at the Sharp Side Pod on Twitter. Follow us. Thank you guys for listening. Stuart Sink could win me a lot of money this week, so I really hope he wins. But other than that, let's go, Patrick Cantley. Thanks for listening, everyone. Let's go win some money. Mm -hmm.